Welcome to the show. Wayne from Productive Not Busy is here with us tonight, and I'm your host, Cam. Welcome, Wayne. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. And once again, we're just doing kind of an overview of just two giant important and iconic bands. We got Led Zeppelin and we got Van Halen. And which kind of just kind of a scattershot narrative on just how they're both very key influences on the genre. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who didn't know, you know, Led Zeppelin started in the 70s, known for being very innovative, mixing in world music, funk, country, and synthesizers. Uh, they were part of the Yardbirds and already a big, giant, pioneering British band. And, you know, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, Robert Plant five you know three giant giant names from there they just started touring with the u.s and you can name several of their different you know hits that include well you've got cashmere and immigrant song and right. stairway to heaven and rock and roll and all those uh in the rain communication breakdown heartbreaker going to california ramble on i'm correct <laughs> over the hills and far away black dog i a whole lot of love it was another one days and confused and misty mountain hop yeah i mean i always grouped often them and van halen together because i just knew that they were just very natural storytellers in a way with mm -hmm. their very dense british rock style so for those want to know about van halen of course that was an american band but just as influential in the 70s and big, big names involved David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen, Sammy Hagar, and mm -hmm. uh, they were influential in that. They also kind of just took a while and near the end of 1978, they had an explosive debut. And Eddie was also the son of a Dutch band leader. And so he moved from the Netherlands to Pasadena, California. Just so wild how they went from being a wedding band to a professional band. <laughs> and... Well, they did. They had a lot of um, a lot of noise around them, though, because they started in 72, right? 74, they hooked up with Roth. And in 78, they um, released their debut. That's which, what it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that... Um, you know, you had another key factor there, which is another iconic band from that area, which was Kiss, because Gene Simmons was actually the one that took them and recorded their, their first demo. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And that stuff you can be fi actually find. Uh, um, Gene Simmons still has uh, some of the master recordings from those sessions, and he's released some of them. You can find them on YouTube and Google. Yeah. From way uh, back in the day. Way back in the day, some deep cuts. They've definitely re-released a bunch of them. Uh, Van Halen, you know, I, much like my father often got teased for kind of liking all eras of the Doobie Brothers when a lot of fans were kind of opinionated on different eras, different, you know, change of hands. Uh, mm -hmm. I... I pretty much liked all of Van Halen. I just always just grew up with all eras in the 2000s. So I, I liked everything from Unchained, Can't Stop Loving, Drop Dead Legs, Without You, Mean Streets, Take Your Whiskey Home, and Black and Blue, and It's About Time, and Tattoo. I just had, obviously, there's Panama, Running with the Devil, Right Now, and One I Want, and Dream is Over, but 
I I can name endless like hits that I like by him, but so many others were just like uh, just hate certain eras of Van Halen, <laughs> especially well, David Lee Roth era gets criticized a lot. <laughs> so I I like him. So I, I was blessed. So I was born in 1969, and my mom and dad were actually traveling uh, musicians. Um, my dad was an amazing guitar player, session guy. So I grew up around people. I actually grew up with the folks um, like the Allman Brothers, um, nice. Grinder Switch, <laughs> um, you know, Amazing Rhythm Aces. Um, you know, my dad actually grew up in Beaumont, Texas, and, and his ninth grade class was uh, himself, um, the... Uh, Johnny and Edgar Winter. Um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of uh, opportunity for me to 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 be ingrained in music, which I ultimately ended up uh, in a band that got signed early in the uh, early late eighties, early nineties. Didn't quite hit the stratospheric level, but we had a good run of it. Uh, toured with Motley Crue and Poison and Cinderella and Faster Pussycat and those bands. So, for me, when you're talking about <laughs> what you like in those bands. The cool thing about the mesh up between, you know, the connection between Zeppelin and Van Halen was, is that, you know, the Yardbirds started in 68, right, which had Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton. So it kind of set the tone for that Britishy, bluesish, melodic, right? If you think about it, every Led Zeppelin song that you, you mention, you can actually hum that, like you almost hear it in your head when you name the song. That's so if true. It is very it, natural. And, 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 right. And if you think about it, Van Halen's the same way. Right. If you if you say unchained, right, I automatically hear that chugging beginning guitar, right? Or Zeppelin were kind of kind of like ELO. Zeppelin, yeah, yeah. And Zeppelin was also Zeppelin took the songwriting to the next level. Yeah. Right. You know, their songwriting is what took them to another level, which was right. and we they, remember they're, the they're, melodies. They're, 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 the, right, the melodies and then actual content of the songs were very like we're not talking bubblegum music. We're talking, I mean, no, novelistic type lyrics, um, and it, it's really interesting how that works. So those those that family tree of how that trickles down because really honestly the Yardbirds were pretty much what started it, right? And then you, you the guitar driven type music rock music or blues rock, whatever you want to call it. And then you start trickling down. That that produced, you know, Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix and ACDC. And, you know, you think about it, that that DNA and that strand there is huge. Uh, but Zeppelin and, and, and Van Halen are really, you know, there's not too many people that w don't have a favorite song from one of those two bands. I don't care what kind of music you like. Yeah. Uh, I, it does sadden me when every once in a while I will see just occasional overrated. I was even asking other people to be on here, and they could. There, I even got a few who were just like, "I can do Van Halen, or I can do Led Zeppelin. I can't do the other." I'm like, "Really?" Because to me, that this is like peanut butter and jelly. Like it, it does all mash together to mm -hmm. one juicy sandwich. So I'm just like, okay, I. And there's a little, and there's a slight difference between your peanut butters, right? Yeah, you're either a skippy guy, a skippy guy, or a jiff guy, right? And they're both peanut butter, but they're and they only got their own little thing that you like about them that you prefer over the other. But you'll take the other one if you had to, right? 
Oh, totally. It, be beggars can't always be choosers, but yeah, if you could choose, you'd probably go with the fool. <laughs> cool. Right, right. So that and 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 the cool thing about the cool thing about Zeppelin and, and Van Halen too is that me being a musician, I was a lead guitar player. Um, my dad was a lead guitar player. Um, so I was exposed a lot to that instrument. And if you think about it, those two folks are the epitome of what if you if you could dream up being a guitar player, that's what you either wanted to be Eddie Van Halen or you wanted to be Jimmy Page. You know, um, a lot of people say, oh, Jeff Beck. Well, Jeff Beck is kind of like sardines, right? <laughs> it's really good to some people and just not their thing for other people, right? I mean, it's just not my thing. So uh, not that he isn't good, but uh, that's what was neat about that. And it's lasting. So I was born in 69, and here we are in 2022. And the funny thing about those two bands is that you still hear on a regular basis their songs on terrestrial radio every day. Right. <laughs> and, so and just nonstop. Right. And the thing about that, so what that means is now you've got timeless. It's timeless music, which means it's going to be here when my grandkids are listening to the radio. 50 years from now, it'll still be played. It, it won't, it, it'll never go out of style because it, it's relatable to everybody, which is really cool. You know, it's not, it's not your folky rock stuff that, that, you know, some people like it, some people don't, or it's time-based or era-based or whatever. That, that music is fun party music, right? I mean, I've been at weddings for people in their 50s that played a Van Halen song or a Led Zeppelin song. I've, had, I've been to weddings where people in, in their late teens, early 20s that played a Van Halen song or a Led Zeppelin song. So it's timeless, and that's what's so cool about it. Right. And it is definitely a summary of that era, as well as we're beyond the experimentation. Now we're, we're trying out so many different types of, I almost kind of call it time warping music, if that makes sense. We are literally just expanding the music horizon. Everyone's making music that, you know, critics probably weren't the biggest fans of at the time, but everyone was listening to, garage bands were listening to, high, you know, junior high and high schools were listening to, adults are listening to. It's, you, it, great music does take evolution of, of digesting after a while, and they were good in mm -hmm. that. They basically just... Uh, you know, they were also kind of critic free. They didn't care what anyone thought of them. They were just wanted to play what was in their soul, what was in their mind that had to, you know, expand from the music sheet to the record. And uh, like you say, it is interesting to seeing how I do like your food analogies and metaphors because <laughs> it's definitely those kind of we did kind of just all eat it up, just like any kind of favorite food. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and it was it was you know it's a it's a guilty pleasure. It's junk food, right? And, and and you'll consume all of it you can, even if it's too loud or or whatever. Um, and the cool thing about it is, you know, if you think about it, the the like Van Halen, for instance, um, 
there was uh, what was it, a different kind of truth. I think that was in 2012. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's it. A different kind of truth was the the album they did that had tattoo on it and uh, a couple a couple other songs. All of those songs, I think 80% of the songs on that album in 2012 were stuff that Wolfgang dug out of a box from 1978, 79, and 80, and they recorded. So, so if you think about it, it that's pretty cool that they're that i mean that just goes to show you they were writing timeless music they didn't know it at the time they were writing what they were writing what felt good and what sounded good they weren't like today's music is written to a formula i don't i'm a musician so right you must go by by the book right (laughs) right, you know right you're going by the book or you know the taylor swift model which is okay there's nothing wrong with that it sells millions of records but it sounds like everything else out there Whereas Unchained or, you know, any of those uh, songs off of um, Unlawful Cardinal Knowledge or OU182 even or Diver Down. I mean, those are mostly cover songs, but, you know, 5150 and Fair Warning, nothing sounds like that. You don't mistake that for anybody. You don't mistake that. And And Zeppelin was exactly the same way from the first two or three chords of a Zeppelin song. There's absolutely zero mistake. Right on who they couldn't afford to, yeah. (laughs) Right, I mean, and that's the thing, you know. uh, There was a one little blip in time there when I was playing. We were actually on tour with Motley Crue and Poison at the time as an opening act, and we uh, ran across a band called Kingdom Come. I don't know Mm. if you remember them or not. There was a band called Kingdom Come, and (laughs) they wore basically they got what Greg. Van Fleet's getting now. Greta Van Fleet just took the horns and just went with it because that's what they really play. They're not making up anything. That, that's their that's their jam. That's their their uh, DNA musically. So they just tap into sound like Zeppelin because that's what they like, you know. Nice. Uh, um, so, but but there was a band called Kingdom Come that literally would take Zeppelin songs and basically like rearrange them and make them their own, and it sounded just like Zeppelin. So, you know, other than that one little blip in time there, when you play a Zeppelin song or put any Van Halen song in, there is not a chance that you put any Van Halen song on your radio or on your iPod or whatever and mistake it for somebody else, which is yeah. not too many bands out there that you could say that. You know, I mean, you could put an Almond Brothers song on and somebody could think it's Leonard Skinner or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? But But the distinct ring that those two bands brought to the table were that's why they're going to be timeless and they'll be there forever i could not have said it better especially with like you say i mean that they have their identity you know, they have their signature style so it's not a matter of oh I, i'm you know not like nowadays uh, how many pop singers and hard rock bands can you say that we basically mix up with the other it's just such an oversaturated market now so absolutely absolutely and that's why if you think about it um let's just say i mean it's been all over the news that that you know alex van halen's been trying to put a deal together to do something to kind of like as a tribute to his brother well it can't be done yeah i mean you could put it you could get a bunch of musicians up there and jam 
but you can't ever, you'll never, literally never put Van Halen back on stage again. Now they could plug and play singers because you know what? It's it's like the peanut butter analogy again. You had Jiffy with Roth and you had Skippy with with um, Hagar, right? And I like both versions. I don't ever pit them either. There's there's not a reason not to like them both. You know, um, some people plant their flag with Roth and some plant their flag with Hagar. The music was totally different, not even remotely the same, but it was still Van Halen. And they owned it. You know, you put the Hagar version of, of Van Halen on your iPod and any song that plays, you know exactly that it's Van Halen, even though Roth is not in the band. Right? Yeah. You can't say that about too many bands. No. Really can't. Uh, and right. Uh I haven't even listened to the twenty twenty two uh Van Halen tribute. Or no, actually that was a Led Zeppelin tribute band, but uh mm-hmm. Uh, I heard some interesting stuff about that, but I mean, you know, obviously a year ago we lost Eddie Van Halen and like you say, how, how do you replace that energy, <laughs> that giant mm-hmm. battery? Yeah. And... I mean, he, he, he was a personality. He was, he, Ooh, he, yes. he, he was a personality. So, you know, you've got certain people in certain bands that are like that, that you just can't replace, you know, um, and that that's interesting because they they did it with a singer, which is usually pretty hard to do, right? Skid Row, Skid Row's got a new singer. They're not, yeah. not Skid Row to me. That's just not Skid Row to me. He's good. He sounds amazing, but it's not it's not Skid Row. When they plug Roth into Van Halen, it was like, okay, let's roll, right? I mean, it was like new new wheels and tires on a on an old car. You know, it's the same old car, but it just got a little bit of a zing to it now. And and so they were able to pull that off, whereas you can't pull Eddie Van Halen out of that, regardless of his name, and plug another guitar player in there, and that worked. Right. And isn't it funny how everyone knows so many different wacky behind-the-scenes stories of him? Uh, I was, when he passed away, I told others about a funny story I had always heard about how he had was working with some more modern heavy metal rock stars and he was having to learn them use his studio and the dude was just not putting up with anyone's bullshit <laughs> he was literally bringing out a gun and just mm-hmm. saying you better get out of here or i'm going to shoot you mm-hmm. in self-defense <laughs> he is mm-hmm. it, he was unhinged at times and it's interesting how much of that energy kind of goes into his act um did you see any of sammy hagar's uh, rock and roll road trip show Oh yeah, yeah. I, I on Access TV. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's such a shame that they canceled due to COVID. But I, I was just blown away by how they were going to the actual, like, locations of where so many bands perform, and you're, they weren't just talking about just you know, any location. There's like, hey, this is a legendary place where these artists perform because they got this loyal fan base that got created here this many years ago. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to want a reunion, but I don't know what you would do. You could maybe do, maybe a, like they've done with Michael Jackson or the Beatles, they could probably do a holographic band, but that's would probably be the extent. I don't think anyone else would want to legit. Right, but that's, that, uh, that's just a revenue generating 
opportunity there you know right you, that's the, that's the beauty <laughs> th- about music right so you could also digitally remaster and re re, re- make a picasso but it it's not a it's not a it's not a painting it, there's no soul there's no feeling to it right mm-hmm. um, music's just, music is that way it i can i can play van halen songs i can play van halen songs pretty much note for note but it doesn't sound like van halen because <laughs> there's more there's more to it than the notes there's more to it than than the amp and the guitar you know and that's what was really cool about that and that's why when you watch people play Van Halen songs, it just isn't right, and it's not because the tuning's off. It's because it's not them playing it. That there was a, there was a magic groove about it. So you know, I used to, I had the awesome opportunity of, of growing up and being around, literally playing with, you know, the Almond Brothers kids. I mean, I was there the day they did the Brothers and Sisters album cover. What right? year? The two days. So, you don't mind me asking. Uh, that that was uh what was that 70 uh, 74 75 76 and 77 oh lovely yeah and and it was you know it was amazing because being a musician and growing up in that atmosphere when they sat around and played just on the porch there was magic it wasn't just a bunch of dudes playing there was there was something that happened when those people played, and it, it was the same as as Van Halen. I got uh, I moved from Denver, Colorado to Florida um, in nineteen eighty three, and um, and uh, I came and visited in nineteen eighty uh, some friends and relatives, and Van Halen played in a place called the Lakeland Civic Center in nineteen eighty, and it was literally magic. I mean, I, I was young. I was uh, what was I? I was eleven years old, and 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 it was absolute magic. Um, it was you know, it's something forty years later, or forty something years later, I can still hear it in my head. Right. It was it was amazing. And Zeppelin too. I, I fortunately I actually got to see Zeppelin live when I was want to see I was nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was nine nine to ten years old. And I, I got to see them live. And again, it was the, the recordings of those of that band doesn't, don't do it justice. Yeah. They were uh, just an even seeing a concert on TV from, right. is different yeah. from an in-person it concert. Was, it, right. And it was different. It was a different, it was absolute like an avalanche of bombast, bombastic sound because they didn't have all the effect pedals and all the digital amps that they've got now. This was a Les Paul with a Marshall turned up to 10 and a half because he could get it there. You know, I mean, and it was just nothing but just, it felt like you were getting hit with a, a fire hose of sound. It was just amazing and, and, and sounded good. It wasn't noise. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I I'm I wish I could have been there because, like you say, it's uh, it's something to be said for. Oh, absolutely. And then again, watching you know, if you get a chance, there's uh, some stuff on YouTube with Jimmy Page talking about how each one of the songs were written, and he actually breaks down exactly almost minute by minute like how Stairway to Heaven was because they go back to the house, this castle that they recorded it in, and how. They, how the songs happen, like 
you know, they, there was not a, it wasn't a corporate building Lego building block of songs. They sat down and it was just a, it just layered and all of a sudden it just started happening. And then Plant would sit there on a step, you know, or with his back up against the wall on the floor and, and they would just play and he would just write and it would just come out this beautiful story. I mean, like Stairway to Heaven, Good, good, good Lord, probably, probably one of the top five songs ever written. Um, and, you know, it happened with a bunch of young guys sitting around being magical. Cause they, cause they could, you know, that, that, that's extreme talent. Yeah. They, they were grateful for the opportunity and they had nothing else. This was it. Make it or break it. Yeah. And it's, you know, they, they, you're not writing three chord blue songs. They were writing like Beethoven type rock stuff. I mean, you know, the, the, the Beethoven-esque type writing. I mean, it was, calculated and, and and extreme i mean it was it was that was that's a that's a lost capsule in time of music that will probably there's not people writing like that there's a new band called well not new they've been around 20 something years called blackberry smoke they're pretty <laughs> darn close as far as their as far as their songwriting is concerned there's and been some awesome cover it. bands that is definitely for sure too but yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. I, I can't think of any hard rock or metal band that isn't inspired by one of the two here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Especially if you start looking at all those other hard rock and, and heavy metal bands that go back and cover that era of music. Because yeah. they can't write it themselves. Uh, they, write, uh, they have to, yeah. Yeah, they they write good music for what they do, but they can't go back and, and they can't write that because if you wrote a song in the Zeppelin style, it would sound like Zeppelin, and then you'd be, you know. So basically, those two bands created their own category, right? It's rock music, but Zeppelin is not your average rock band. That they are Zeppelin. <laughs> Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a real interesting dynamic that, you know, that they were capable of doing what they did with what they had to do it with, because there wasn't a lot of technology. Yeah, they, they had to. <laughs> right. Because honestly, you can, you, there's programs out there now that you can plug in cords to the computer and it'll ra arrange them for you in the ideal format. Right. I mean, <laughs> that didn't exist back then. And and listen to a song like Stairway to Heaven or the Immigrant Song or any of that. Who in the world would have ever thought to write something like that? I you know that that that's you know, it's it, that's that's a that's it's that's what's cool about music because music um should be its own emotion. In, in the human DNA, because it, it, it actually has the power to change your emotion, right? Your, your, the way you feel. And when you listen to Van Halen and Led Zeppelin, that happens. I'm sure they're having plenty of fever dreams and other moments of just, hey, how do I get that amount of anxiety and anger and what I'm feeling and sing about it? And right, like you say, it is just so unheard of. You can't reproduce it you can't even deciphering it is inevitably you know nice try but you know you're, you're never gonna really know sure. it's kind of like 
deciphering a David Lynch movie. It's fun to go along for just the journey and know that, hey, uh, you know, it's right. Just enjoy it. And, you know? and you know how, right. And how you could know that it's something that's special about what those those individuals were doing as a, as a group is pull up a, a YouTube video of Zeppelin or pull up a YouTube video of Old Van Halen, alive, like live, and turn the sound down and just watch them. That's not choreographed. You know, what Roth did, he was a showman, so he, you know, that part was choreographed. But what I'm saying is look at the, the expressions on their face and look at their body language when they're playing. You can't fake that. That's not, that's not, that the music did that. That wasn't them tap dancing. Like they, that they, the cool thing about that is the song was 90% of the entity and the band was that like last piece that they had, it had to be them to do that for it to, like you can't go to a Van Halen show and not have a good time. It's impossible. I don't see how you couldn't, even if you were forced yeah. to, you're the angry girlfriend or son who's not really into that kind of thing. I think you right. come away with it. And I think where I'm a little disappointed is unlike other great musicians, I kind of wish they could have kind of had some other giant career, like even more variety shows or even more like even movie scoring, like some of these famous drummers and uh guitarists ended up doing later on but they didn't need to they're just making just gallons of money and they were set for life but it was also just one of those you know zeppelin just kind of faded off into you know different projects while van halen was just after a while you know it came tumbling down on we just can't stand each other you know as sammy and yeah and and that happens because uh you know i i was i, I was a part of a band that we went this was before social media now so that and that's i talk a lot about that on my my podcast the productive my business podcast is that whole podcast is about taking a formula and either doing life or business and the formula is the same no matter what and the formula Always. that we used when we were playing was that you had to have a core group of people all pulling in the same direction with the same vision then you had to have a product that people were willing to pay for to consume. Bingo. So you had to have a quality. You had to have a quality product that people were willing to spend their money on, consume it, and then consume it multiple times. So yes. The money part, you know, the money part was really an interesting dynamic because they they made gobs of money, but they also spent gobs of you know going on a tour across the United States, which we were you know. We, we, that's no joke. There's, there, that's millions of dollars being spent. To you're basically buying the future. You right? totally are buying the future. You, yeah, you're buying the you've future. You've done a future investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because now you're putting a product out there that people are consuming and enjoying that can't wait for your next product. Yeah. Right. Good. So, and then you've outdone and then yourself again yeah, and again. And, Right. And then what happens is, is the pressure of that is huge. You know, I watched my dad go through it. He was a studio musician and he put, you know, there was opportunities with, you know, Steve Miller and, and all the, and, and it was a pressure cooker to 
do it again. So if you think about Zeppelin, you think about Van Halen, since we're using those two examples, that, that, that's not a one and done. They consistently over 40 to 50 years, and, and, and both of those bands are, if you think about it, you're talking bands that are 45 to 50 years old, that their music is still relevant today. Oh, yeah. That's a quality product. Right. That's a quality product. And, Even if you don't so, like them, you can't deny that, hey. It's, it's a quality product. Yeah. And, and, and that's, the, that's the neat thing about, you know, w- watching that, that time frame of music is that, you know, I, I, I made the example a while ago of the, of the um, uh, what was the album I, I, I referenced a while ago, Different Kind of Truth, I think, A Different Kind of Truth is that that they pulled that music out from the late 70s early 80s and put it out in 2012 and it sold it sold a lot right it really and, did and, and they were able to yeah and they were able to tour on it and you know not that people went to see that show for that music they went knowing that they were going to hear the the good stuff the really good stuff Right, so that that that's the cool thing about you know what look at look at um, um, Robert Plant now. Robert Plant still plays Zeppelin songs in his live performances. You know that that's pretty amazing. Fifty years later, you're still playing that stuff, and people still want to hear it. Yeah, they they can't wait to hear more, even though you know time is kind of not on our side right now, but if you just are left with wanting more then yeah you you've done more than impact right you know and then another thing if you think about it you know i had this conversation with somebody the other day is that they said oh well i went and saw roth in 2018 or whatever and he was terrible well you know what you can't put terry bradshaw back on the field and just one and, and him, post and, and, and fame him the, right, encounter, and, and him be the and him be the same as he was when he played in the seventies. And it's again, one experience out of a gazillion. You know, sure. this is like where are we ranking this? But yeah, many will often like to just do one encounter. It's kind of like with fan conventions. It's like okay, you had one unpleasant encounter with a celebrity, but you can't put their talent, you know, and just wash it aside just like that. And uh given how you've been on you the, were there for a reason <laughs> exactly and given how you've done some touring and opened up with various bands um uh, you know i had a family friend who uh donnie watson who was uh a palace stevie ray vaughn and his brother and he was often helping out like as a backup yeah. crew member mm-hmm. um do you think a lot of people could just owe it to just kind of not only just going to live shows, but just kind of touring with a band, just whether you're just a photographer or, you know, set dresser or whatever. Oh, absolutely. See how oh, the whole business I, I works. Mean, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, if you, if you want to w- watch a great movie that puts it, and it's absolutely probably one of the most real movies that I've ever seen that depicts what it was actually like because I was, I was blessed enough to experience is watch Almost Famous. Um, oh yeah, almost famous. Almost famous is about the the um, the Rolling Stone kid 
that went on the road with the band. And, and you know, it, it shows exactly how dysfunctional it can be because when you listen to Unchained or you listen to, um, you know, I'm a Woman, any of that stuff, you listen to an immigrant song, When the Levee Breaks, that was a millisecond in time. Think about it. That was, that was you know, in their case, probably 10 hours of recording that song. 10 hours of blip <laughs> in time in the last 50 years that they put that on vinyl, okay? That doesn't really depict, I mean, that song is the product, but the the ingredients it took to put that the players the engineers the studio the you know the ambiance everything is you know it it bends a little bit and then you 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 see these people they were dysfunctional right but because you're dysfunctional doesn't mean that you as a it took all of them to make that music in other words so oh, yeah. them individually could individually they couldn't have pulled it off, but as a group they pulled it off magically, and it took all their dysfunction together to do it. Because I'm Eddie the same way with film. Ross was a mess. Sorry, go ahead. But Mm-mm. go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm I'm the exact same way with film. I, I get very annoyed when I see a critic or user review just. They want to blame like the first name that they see on the product, the the actor or the director. I'm like, it's a team effort. There's more to it than that. Was the cinematographer doing their job? Was the producer, uh, you know, interfering with the production and the tone of, you know, the various business meetings? You know, <laughs> did an investor pull out, and so the production was compromised and looked cheap because they couldn't afford whatever. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast sci-fi horror fantasy superheroes comedy action film television maybe some not so current events find us on itunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries we are worldwide all across the globe we are in the u.s we are in the uk we are in canada germany india japan we're in australia y'all blindknowledge.com now back to the feature presentation. 
Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. No. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, many just want, it's kind of like with politics. Everyone wants to do an instant blame game, and it's like, well, there's so many more factors to this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and that's something that, um, you know, it's probably a blessing that people didn't get to see that. Yeah, it would have been way right. more harsher back then. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it'd be because here's the thing. Uh, it's just like social media. I, I'm a I'm a coach and trainer and keynote speaker. And, you know, I have the podcast and, you know, I, I've, I've done radio stuff in the past. I've done some TV stuff as far as like commercials and stuff like nice. that. And, and, it, and it's funny that there's so much bullshit out there, right? Yeah. There's so much, there's so many people out there, like in the, in the, in the coaching and training business right now, right? You got a 23 year old kid sitting on a Lamborghini telling you how you're going to become a millionaire and this and that, you know, it's all bullshit. It, yeah. You know, what you see isn't necessarily what's real. And, you know, you, you've got people, you know, on social media that they're, you know, Christ followers and, you know, happy father of three and a beautiful wife and all this stuff. And they're alcoholic, narcissistic folks in, in real life. And nobody knows it. Right. Music yeah. is the same way. You know, it, that's a blip in time. It's a blip in time that, that they're creating something that, is magical and you can't take that away, but it doesn't mean that, you know, I think some people would be very disappointed on how, I mean, I saw some debauchery when I was on the road. I mean, some stuff that you, you would blow your mind on how people acted and how people treated people and how people really were, but then how they were depicted in the press. Right. Um, It's pretty interesting to see that. And I got to see it firsthand and, I think it's almost a blessing that the average music listener doesn't get to see that stuff. Right. Yeah. Look at, look at, look at, look at Jimi Hendrix, you know, people were just in awe of Jimi Hendrix. He was a mess. Yeah. You know, that's why he died at 27. Um, You know, so what you're getting is just a blip and that, I think that's what people need to appreciate is appreciate the blip in time that we got those nuggets that, gave us inspiration, gave us emotion, gave us a product that we can consume when we're down, when we're happy, when we're, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we, we, we need it for. That's, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I, again, could not say it better myself. This is why you're a great speaker and I'm not, <laughs> it's just, you're, 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 cause I mean, I, I, for instance, I do security. There's so many things when people ask me what, you know, what did you see at the job? It's like, oh, I, I don't want to tell you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would be, you know, some people can handle it. I, I just brush it off because I'm kind of used to the world kind of being harsh and mm-hmm. I just filter it out. Other people, they can't filter that out. They come instantly home and they can't stop talking about it and then it drives other people mm-hmm. insane. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, just 
again, you know, just some, some people just can't handle certain things. And I mean, it's just like, yeah, that just, I know others joke about don't get too close to your icons. In some cases, it's just like, mm -hmm. if you really want to know, you can do some digging. You can ask a few people whose whole job is basically being uh, a biography, uh, you know, uh, journalist. But like mm -hmm. you say, I mean, and I'm glad that you brought up some of the uh, music docudramas. I, I think The Commitments is another one that talks about an English band. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think that does a great job of showing how everyone's just kind of making all these easily avoidable mistakes and uh, you know that movie worked so well because they actually got some actors who had some musical backgrounds so they it's kind of very meta in a way <laughs> but it, oh ab absolutely it, it, it totally hits on a lot of the same things that Almost Famous talked about where it's like you get so caught up in the fact that you are working with your icons that you ultimately kind of forget after a while, you know, what your purpose is or why you're doing this in the first place. And if you're mixing that in with other just crazy elements, you know, drugs, sex, whatever, then. Uh, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting point that you made is that, you know, if you think about it, you know, I, I, I've still, I've got some pretty influential rock icon type associates still in my life because of my past and that, you know, they, they're, they're not, they're special because of their talent, but exactly. they're not there, but they're still a human being. They still get cold. They still get up and, 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 set up on the side of the bed just like everybody else does and they have bad days and they have good days they have chemical imbalances they have chemical dependencies they have you know wife troubles or husband troubles they have kid problems I mean, you know yeah. famous people that, that their kids you know die you know i mean sylvester stallone had a son that died and you know all of these people that you know put people up on a pedestal i get it you know, I, I I had to adjust. One of the reasons why I had to get out of the music industry is because I I had a hard time. I was blessed not to be rowdy, and I was blessed not to be chemically dependent. But I had a real hard time with adjusting, coming back and being an actual human being when I got off the road. You know, you you get you get picked up on a tour bus, and you leave, and you you go out and do amazingly extraordinary things in front of people that adore you. And then you come home off the road and you got to mow the yard and you got to take the trash out and you got to feed the dog and you got to go to the grocery store and you got to do normal people stuff that after a while you, you do lose the, the blend in reality on what's real and what's not. Right? You start so, crashing and yeah well unfortunately you know, others are, like to act like it's mm -hmm. instant it's like no it builds up after mm -hmm. a while and you know many people yeah, many famous it, it people build, need a it, caretaker you know well and, and it builds up because here's the thing there's nobody prepares you for that no. nobody prepares <laughs> nobody there's not a book that says okay you know you're going to go from playing in a stinky cigarette smoke filled bars and then if you're lucky you're going to you know, start playing some some C type venues in Orlando and Tampa and Atlanta and Birmingham and New York City. We were on a tour called the Oranges to Apples tour, which oranges is Florida, apples is New York, right? 
and it was mm-hmm. all up and down the East Coast. And we went on that tour junket there, the, the Orange is the Apples tour, and we would we would be our niche was is that we were ready in an instant. So if let's say somebody came into town and their opening band couldn't play, the singer got sick or something happened, we could get plugged in right then. Well, that got us a name to where we, you know then people said, "Hey, come with us," and snapped us up, and we would go on these magical carpet rides with people. But nobody <laughs> nobody prepares you for that because here's the thing the the music industry, it's not being a garage band. It's not being a party band. It's, it turns into a corporate thing that now you've got people telling you where to be, when to be, how to be, what, what you can say, what you can't say, what you should wear, what you shouldn't wear. Uh, oh, you've got a 103 temperature. I'm sorry for your luck, but you've got to play Hershey, Pennsylvania tonight in front of 18,000 people. you got to do it. Right. You're, right. you're sick. You're you got to do it you like it or not. And yeah. Right. Right. And, and so that the, the chemical dependency stuff I got to see firsthand was p- people's way of coping with it. So Zeppelin and, and Van Halen went through it, right? They, they had access to everything. So when you have access to everything, you're going to do everything, you know? And, and so it's one of those things I was, lucky that you know i take a benadryl and i sleep for two days so i was never chemically dependent because i just i couldn't do it but which was a blessing because i remember everything i remember every moment of every amazing you know um uh little what do you call it um milestone that we hit because i can remember it because i wasn't chemically dependent which gave me the opportunity to see, you know, we were treated like crap by the band we were opening for. But I know why we were treated like crap because they were whacked out of their brains. They yeah. weren't normal people, right? Um, and that's why it's kind of cool to see bands now that are really talented that, you know, I come from the days like, you know, Guns and Roses, right? We 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 shared a bill with Guns and Roses before they were signed. They were awful. They were absolutely <laughs> atrocious because they were just falling down on whatever they were on. I mean, it was awful. Now mm. to see them is amazing because they truly were talented and they're amazing musicians. And now they're getting to reboot and being able to do stuff that they can remember. And and I, you know. I think as fans, I think that's more what this, this show's about, and I get it. But the insight of being a fan is, is you know, we are all blessed. Take, take my past out of it. I'm a blessed human being to live in the, in the same time frame that allowed me to consume Led Zeppelin and Halen, right? All those, just like people that were blessed to consume the Beatles, and and uh, all those you know the Rolling Stones back in the when they started, right? Um, yeah, that that's a blessing. That's a blessing that we are able to have that, and we're able to keep it. Because guess what? A hundred years from now, when we're all dust, Van Halen songs are still going to be there. Led Zeppelin songs are still going to be there for immortalized. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you say, you get to see the evolution process, and that you know as a fan kind of empowers you more to just kind of see the, you know, what's a great day, what's an off day for any kind of talent. And 
how they handle stressful situations, contrary to how typical people might handle it. And again, you know, there's no easy answer really either. Cause again, mm-hmm. no, no one goes to college saying, Hey, here's how you get it to be a kick-ass rap, you know, rock star. It's like, and right. it's not a deal. So you can learn how to play certain well, instruments. It, but Sure. Well, it. think about it in this context, right? Is we, we have a product where we're just, we're, we do the same thing. I mean, my podcast, I've got 155 episodes started two years ago. And it was, you know, my way of contributing to people because I've got 30 years worth of experience in building businesses, which creates quality of life for people. Why would you sit on that talent, right? Why would you sit on that and not share it with the world? Why would you sit on your knowledge of, of the music? I was glad to get you on here because I also... Yeah, from a fan standpoint. I, I try to interview all kinds of inspiring talent as well and in the hopes that they can share little tidbits with others. And uh, I'm glad oh, that absolutely. you're able to do a lot of these public speaking events. Cause like you say, you know, you might as well use it while you still have the chance. And it's very hard to do when, you know, you kind of discover it later in life. It's like, Hey, I got this, you know, calling and mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. It's not like you figure that out right away either. And just like these bands, you know, it's like, I'm sure they didn't figure out overnight, hey, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. They kind of just grew into it. Just went from well, there. They did what they loved. And see, that's that's the key to that. That was not fake. None no. of that was fake. They, they, they took what they loved and they turned it into something that they were able to monetize. That's why we do podcasts. That's yeah. why we do you know, what we do. And, and here's the thing for me, you know, I, I operate from that, from that standpoint is, is I want to help people do life and or business, whatever they choose, whatever they happen to choose as their, as their, you know, deal is I want you to do it confident, focused and with a plan. Cause when you do that, you, you are able to do magical things because there's every human being has something to offer. So if you've been, if you were hooked on meth, for 10 years and now you're clean you have something to offer the people that are currently going through what you went through right because now they have a beacon of light to follow on okay here's how you do it here's here's the formula of how i did it maybe it can help you too right so why would you sit on that and, and talking about music right and talking about music talking about sports talking about what i do which is you know building businesses and having a good quality of life by you know, just basic principles is, is that's where the magic happens because everybody has somebody out there that can use what they have to offer, no matter what it is. I mean, I talked to a guy the other day that, you know, I, I, I help people start podcasts because I started mine, but the whole goal for my show was to start a podcast with no money. Like I've got money, I've got plenty of money, but I wanted to show people that you could start it. So I, I started it on my cell phone with a free, you know, app and my Beats headphones. And I started putting product together for people for free and, and it worked. And now we're in 44 countries. We got 30 plus thousand subscribers and it was all done with no money because the, yeah. the, the quality, the product is in, in, is your, your dreams, your aspirations, your experiences, right? If everybody would start operating out of dreams and imagination instead of the past, 
experiences, it would be amazing because you can literally like on here, we could, you can start a podcast and be anybody you want to be. As long as you have the knowledge to, to put out there that you, you really did something, then people will listen to it. You know, um, I think that's why the, the internet influencing gurus out there are, are come and goers. They're there one day and gone the next because there's no content there. There's no, they're, they're taking somebody else's content and regurgitating it. And, yes. and so, you know, that, that's the cool thing about this platform. And I would much rather do, you know, Twitter spaces and do my podcast and interview somebody than to stand in front of a group of people and read out of a book. That's a quick way to lose me. Take me to a training session where somebody is reading something out of a book. You know, that's, that's not for me. That's why my speaking business has turned out pretty good because I have a niche, right? I'm the guy that I go around and you I have present a skill. myself as, well, I have a skill and here's my product, but here's why, this is how you can use me. If you're having an event and you have a keynote speaker that doesn't show up, call me. I can do it in 15 minutes. I can get Boom. in front of a group of people and talk to anybody and, and bring value with no preparation because I've got a bank of experience that I can fall back on. Yeah. Right. And every, every one of the keynotes that I go to that I speak at, I start every one of them exactly the same way. I carry no notes. I carry no books. I carry no nothing with me. Every one of them starts out with, Hey, have you ever got up right on any given day and got said, man, I wish I had more money or I wish I had more free time or I wish I had less stress. Right. Rit I don't care if you got 10 meetings. people in front of you or a thousand people in front of you. Every single solitary person has woke up at some time in their life and said one of those three things. Yeah, they're all various elements that are very key, even if they don't know how to word it that way, that they're all thinking some degree of that. And right. But exactly. since you're so good at adapting to this and, and you lived all kinds of those experiences, you're good at adapting to this because, yeah. like you say, so many other people can relate to those. And have you thought of even doing a right. TED talk Absolutely. by chance? Um, well, that, that's something that uh, we're exploring. Um, I, I've got multiple businesses, right? So I've got the podcast. Um, I own a real estate team. Uh, I, I own some outside businesses um, that are, are around that, that real estate. Um, I, and then I also run a coaching, training, and speaking company. So I run three businesses simultaneously, which is easy and because I work three or four days a week on all of them because I practice, I teach people, I teach time management, I teach, you know, um, team building, I teach overcoming obstacles and turning obstacles into opportunities, you know, because, you know, it's just like anything else. Music is the same thing, right? I always say that, you know, money follows problem solved mm -hmm. the, the bigger the, pro the the bigger the problem the bigger the paycheck so if you think about that from what we were talking about our main subject that we should be talking about is the music is, is that if i'm a musician people want to have a good time they want to feel good that's the problem so if you can solve that problem and get it to the masses and it resonates with enough people there you go you're going to be rich and famous because you have a product that solves somebody's problem. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's a cool thing. And everybody has that. I don't care if you're starting a lemonade stand or you collect football and baseball cards 
ads or you go to garage sales and flip stuff or you start an online business, it's all exactly the same. There's no difference. Uh, even if you're, let's say you're a single guy and you want to date somebody, you've got to have an explanation of services and a value statement to offer the other person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is my persona. This is why you should do it with me. Right. And and you can't fake that, right? So if you get on Tinder or if you get in one of these speed dating rooms and there's an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful woman sitting across the room and you're like, oh, she's the one. And then you sit down in front of her and her breath stinks. She ain't the one, right? Because yeah. she didn't, right? Her product is not good. Yeah. So, you know, and, 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 and as uh, that was kind of a corny analogy, but it's true. You know, uh, the, fa- the founding principles are exactly the same. You need to have an elevator pitch. Let's say you get on an elevator with the absolute most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. You better be able to have a two-minute elevator pitch on why she should go out with you, right? And 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 your business is the same way. Yeah, many right? even struggle with even one minute of an elevator pitch, and it's just like just on the yeah. fly if, you know, s- spill your guts. And, and why I bring that, why And why I bring that up is that Back in the day when we were trying to get signed to a record label, there was no there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter. No way to know yeah. how to pick someone's brain and how to talk to a it, certain exec. It, yeah. Well, that not only that is we walked around with our cassettes or our CDs with a printed out eight by ten color photo and our bio. And we would go into these radio stations and records record companies and go, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do, and this is why you should sign us. And we and we did that. And I built every business. I owned, you know, car dealerships. I had Chrysler, Dodge, Sheep, and Ram dealerships. That was the same exact form formula, right? They can go buy a car like this anywhere they want. If they're in front of me, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do, and this is why you should do it with us, right? It, every single solitary thing that we do in our life is like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the cool thing about about stuff like this is that you're getting real experiences in the raw, like two dudes just having a conversation that now you can share with millions of people. And there's going to be a large percentage of people out there that resonate with what we're talking about. I, I definitely hope so. And this just felt just so empowering too, because you know I'm talking from basically a third party. You're talking from up close and it in personal and at the same time uh to have this kind of an understanding you know it also takes a lot of years like i couldn't have done this back in like junior oh, high absolutely i wouldn't absolutely. have had any maturity any organization i would have had a bunch of us and, and you know i would have been boring right. and right and you're also you know helping configure hopefully for many people listening that Again, yeah, to make every pitch stand out is very difficult to make, uh, uh, to offer any kind of business, you know, is very hard. And, you know, the 70s were also very rough and, you know, just so many people got screwed over by record companies that weren't, you know, were right. well, uh, weren't and, being and, honest and had legal troubles. Absolutely. Well, and absolutely, <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head. Just think about it. You're talking about Led Zeppelin. And Van Halen, which happened in the late 60s and, and all of the 70s, was when it happened for them. Just think of that 
Think of the mountain they had to climb with no internet, no Facebook, no YouTube, no Twitter. It was the only way they could get the word out. And the beginning was to play in front of people. They played yeah. in front of 10 people. They would play in a backyard party. And then those people would go, hey, tell a friend, we're going to be here next Friday night. Bring a friend with you. Now they're playing for 20 people. Hey, when you guys leave, you really like this? Yeah, it was awesome. Great. We're going to be here next Friday night. Bring a friend. Now you got 30 people, right? And, and that, that's how that worked. And so the, the basic principles of, you know, and you mentioned them a, a while ago, you know, a teenager. That's one of my visions is, is to teach people, you know, a 13-year-old kid that's going through life and kind of going through kid stuff, there's a lot to offer. If you could get a kid and, and help them figure out how to communicate, because basically what we do, there's only there's three principles that you have to have in order to be successful at doing this basic platform, which is their soft skills, right? I, you know, in this case, not eye contact because we're not on video, but eye contact, <laughs> voice, voice inflection, and body language, right? And Bingo. right now, I, I, I'm, okay. I, I have facial expressions, even though I can't see you, and that's an art that if you can teach people early on, everybody. A 16-year-old kid that is learning how to play guitar, which now they have the blessing of YouTube because now they can watch it, right? We used to have to, I used to have to learn songs by like playing it on a vinyl record and backing it up every Ooh. two seconds, every <laughs> note, right? That, because yeah. we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, yeah, we didn't have a we didn't CD have or Walkman. We didn't, we didn't have, yeah. right, right. So, <laughs> so you know, the, the, the excuses that people use now for not doing something is pretty fucking pathetic. Sorry for the language. No, it's because, fine. But I, yeah, right, it's the same thing with fitness you, and health. You're right. You have every you have every asset at the palm of your hands right now to do absolutely anything that you want because there's so much access and information that people are putting out there now. What the problem today is is that you've got to decipher whether or not it's bullshit. Exactly. Right? That guy that's telling me what to do, is he done it or is he reading it out of a book? Right. I had and, a, and I have a big I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem with that that, you know, you don't have to be old and gray to to have good quality content. You just you don't have, have to have be a certain age. Uh right. you don't have to be a certain elite or aspect. But yeah, uh, I had Holly Codanon, who was a fitness gal, and she noted that you also got in if you're doing fitness in general you have you know you, you mentioned earlier with books that and real estate that would and insurance that was like kind of taken from other books uh so Excellent. many health and food people have gone into lawsuits because they literally copied one another person's you know text right. and added their two cents and, and that's the beauty that right and that's the that's the difference you see the uh, unfortunately it's like being a musician right the average person that's listening to music that's not a musician has no idea how hard it is to to write a good song. No, or they're just listening is, to the noise how, half the time. Right. Or how or how hard it is to actually make it sound good once you've got it written, because all four or five parts in that band have to be at spot on. There can't be any there can't be any mistakes, right? So the pressure that that it takes to do that is incredible. So going back to your point, people getting in lawsuits, well, that's exactly the reason 
that you've got to be careful on what you consume because when I tell you to do something or if I explain lead generation or if I explain, explain you know, mindset, like how to have a good mindset, I practice that every day. I know it works. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I'm not reading it out of a book, right? So, you know, that that that's an important aspect of everything in life, whether it's music, whether it's podcasting, whether it's being a good human being and being a good friend, right? You, you can, a good friend is not somebody that nods their head when you're talking to them about your uh-huh. problems. They pull up a chair, they pull up a chair and pour a cup of coffee and go, okay, tell me about what you're going through. Right. And or, repeat what I just said. <laughs> all right. And, and the, a, lot uh-huh. are, a lot of people are listening. A lot of people listen to respond, not to learn. Right. They're, they're waiting for their turn to talk instead of consuming what you're saying and learning something from it so that they can come up with a formula. Maybe, you know what? I know exactly what you're going through, dude. I went through that a couple of years ago. And here's what I did. I hope that helps. Right. That's the meaning of being a good I human, hope it human being. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what? And, and everybody has a message. Single mom that had an abusive husband, she has experience that may help somebody that's going through what she's going through. Right. I I, I don't, I don't dabble in that because I don't know what that's like. My parents were married 15 years before they both died. You know, I came from a stable background, so I can't talk to you about what it's like to be, you know, a kid of divorced parents. Right. But what I can do is tell you about all the stuff that I am an expert in and that I have done and all my triumphs and my failures because failures are more important than successes because if you don't have a failure, you didn't try. That's right. so true. We we are kind right? of the whole, we like to villainize people, act like they didn't yeah. try. And then we like to be invincible and not talk enough about, you know, how you got there, how many times to right. take. Uh, were were, were right. you the equivalent of a dog that kept running into the electric fence before they learned you can't climb up this yeah. fence without getting zapped? It, it is right. a very right. stressful scenario, and so many people like to sugarcoat it. And it's like, yeah, you, you it, it, it again, these bands did not happen overnight, but nope. that goes with any success story. And I'm and they were bit and they were businesses. That's the key to it that people they were a brand. Forget. Led Zeppelin, well, Led Zeppelin was a brand. Led Zeppelin was a brand like Pepsi and Coke, right? Van Halen was a brand. They had ingredients. They had product. They had processes and procedures that they had to follow, right? Um, they didn't all get up there and just start jamming. They all got up there and played what they put together, like what they manufactured on the album. They had to recreate night after night. And, you know, mm. it's... You know, and 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 for me, it's kind of like this. You know, um, you know, talking about bands. So, so, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because musicians also get to the point. Of, and, and Robert Plant does it now. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, Van Halen, they never did it, which I really applauded them for. But don't go do a live concert and play a classic song. And rearrange it because you're tired of playing it the old way. I've heard right? vaguely that yeah, because, he did some right. of that. Yeah. Because and and you know Bon Jovi does that now. Bon Jovi <laughs> plays an interpretation of his classic songs. I don't want to hear an interpretation. I want to hear the classic song. Yeah. Right. 
And, and so, and that's the thing about being a brand is like, you know, Coke did it. Coke had new Coke. Well, I don't want new Coke. I want the old Coke. Right? <laughs> uh, you, you know, Unhealthy or not, you fun. want the classic right, that right. put you on the map. Yeah. Right. And, when, <laughs> and, and like you hear bands now do their songs and they want to, they do a, a different arrangement of an old classic. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear an, I don't want to hear a new arrangement of an old classic. I want to hear the old classic. I can understand so, like mixing two songs together, but that's so different than again, yeah, just taking a shortcut. Because it, <laughs> right. But if you take a song and completely rearrange it and, and it, the words are the same, but the music doesn't sound anything like the old one because you're tired of playing it the old way. I'm not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely half-assing it. And right. after a while, right. it's like, you better you'd be better off just saying we're not going to play that tonight you know yep yep you can listen to that one on the cd deck on the way home <laughs> right so anyway well i hope that was helpful i enjoyed it uh yeah i i'm glad you were able to join us here and uh what once again uh uh so we, we can find uh, productive not busy podcast on twitter uh, uh what what other formats is it on for those who want to listen what oh, okay so we are on uh i think 11 different platforms so you can find an itunes audible spotify uh, anchor Castbox, any google podcast um anywhere iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can find podcasts you can find the productive not busy podcast and all we're out there doing is you know trying to make people better you know, giving them, you know, letting them do life and business with a plan, confident, focused, so you can make more money, have more free time and less stress, right? And, and that it works for everybody. It's not a, a strictly a business podcast, but it's basic business principles that you can build your life on because life is a business, right? Mm-hmm. You got to generate revenue to, you got to generate revenue to, to uh, survive in this world, especially nowadays with the way inflation is. So, you know, anything yeah. that you can do to have the right mindset or have the right tools to, you know, I, I, I do stuff on how teaching people how to talk and how to present and, and have a value statement and an explanation of services that they don't have. It's not complicated. It's not hard. Everybody has one. And, and if you perfect that and you'll find that you have a lot to offer people and they'll be interested in listening to it if you can put that in a form that they can understand right so yeah i appreciate the time and i'd love to you know i'd love to be on again sometime if you ever need somebody just give me a shout i'll be glad to help you out uh, i would be glad to Let, let's let's pick each other's brain let's see let's even talk about a, a very big club yeah we'll, yeah, we'll do a collaboration I'll have, I'll have i'll have you on my show and, and we'll 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 do, we'll do it again send the assignment i will study <laughs> all right sounds good Please Thank you for being on here, mind, dude. Be safe. Bye. Yeah. Be careful out there, Wayne. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show. It's a jacked up review show. Jacked up review show.